This is the Travel Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Propelic, bringing you the news and insights and what's working and not working in today's competitive transportation and tourism landscape. From emerging brands to the most established professionals, these lessons of intelligent marketing will help your marketing plan travel further. I'm super excited for this conversation with Alex Rogan today. He's the founder of Zoftify, and Zoftify is a digital product development firm specifically for travel and tourism. So there's a lot of synergy between our companies, and the conversation was a really, really inspiring one about what it takes to succeed as a travel product in in 2023, 2024. So Zoftify is based in Europe. They essentially help travel agencies and travel technology businesses with bespoke state-of-the-art digital solutions. Do everything from mobile apps to booking platforms to generative AI management and usage. It's a long list of services that they offer specifically to travel businesses working to make their digital presence a powerful one. They're really redefining the intersection of travel and technology, if I'm to be honest. And the conversation today is a really, really interesting one. So I'll pass it over. Hey, Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. I've been really looking forward to this one because I have to say we're probably in terms of all of the companies that we work in and around in terms of who we support and who we work with i think we're more similar than any other one that i've come across and specifically given that you're in the product design space and offer something completely different from us and you look at a product before it's been created or at the very point where it's being re-envisioned i think this is going to be a really interesting conversation so let's get started can you tell me a little bit about zoftify and your mission and helping travel companies thrive with the digital product space yeah sure hi brennan thanks for having me so generally, Zoftify is a digital product development studio. So we do not only design things, but we also develop. Generally, we help travel companies grow, achieve their goals, and solve issues digital products. Be it a mobile app or a booking platform, it doesn't matter. So we can build it for you know, like travel companies, hospitality, and travel technology startups. And yeah, that's our main focus. Awesome. And then you mentioned aligning with goals. I imagine... So just thinking about the process of starting to work on a project, I know recently you sent one of your clients our way and I can see the amount of attention and detail that went into building out their digital product. But let's talk about the discovery phase. So how do you run through that phase? How do you look at a project when it's early on and say, okay, here's how we're going to approach it to align with their goals? How do you look at that? Yeah, so that's a good question because the discovery phase is an essential step. Generally, this is like the very first step when we start working on a project, because typically the clients come to us and they have no idea what they're trying to build because they have an issue or they have a goal they want to achieve. And then they say, hey, how can you help us out with that? And then we start discovering whatever it takes to, you know, like to help them out. And we have a multi-step process starting off, you know, like with a couple of workshops that we have with the clients, you know, like typically those are like two, three hour workshops where we discuss, you know, like KPIs, where we discuss their target audiences, uh, generally the goals, the features, priorities of the features. And uh, based on that, our product designers and designers, they start working on the idea. And then at some point we deliver wireframes or like UI generally just to demonstrate how their product could look like at the end. And then we have, you know, like there are a bunch of iterations going on there, but at the end, it's important for us to understand and also for the client, obviously, what they're going to get at the end, because this is like extremely important, because typically when you start developing a digital product, again, be it a mobile app or a web app or anything else, then you can not know all the features that you know, like that's going to be. 
and how to implement them properly. So this is like the general purpose of the discovery phase. Yeah. Got it. So it sounds like, just for context, one of my very good friends runs a product design firm, but specifically in the financial technology space. And I understand the business and have a deep appreciation for the level of detail across disciplines that you have from design to development, front end and back end. It's pretty impressive how you put all that together to create something. You're doing it specifically in the travel space, right? So I think that's an interesting conversation. What working in travel specifically, what are some of the challenges you run into with travel agencies, hospitality businesses, et cetera, and, and how have you overcome them? Yeah, that's a very good question. I can generally talk for hours about it. You know, like travel travel space is tough, honestly. It's extremely interesting. I love it, uh, but it's tough. Um, there are, I would say, uh, about like five challenges that I would outline in there. So basically, travel companies, they are typically hesitant to, you know, like towards technological investments, because they, they always say, hey, we are a travel company, we're not a software company, we don't need the mobile app, we don't need a web app, we don't need anything. But in fact, if you are online, if you are selling something over the internet, then you are a software company at some point, because you cannot say that, hey, if we are just selling you know, like holiday packages, then we don't have to worry about the booking platform or the booking system that we have on our website because this is like essential. And this is one of the biggest challenges. And, you know, like when I always talk to the clients, I try to emphasize that, hey, your online presence is not only about your website, but you know, like a lot of things that are happening on the back end as well, including your CRM system, your back office, you know, like your inventory management system and a bunch of other things. The second one I would say is that I still see that there are so many travel companies and hospitality companies, they do a lot of manual work, starting from sending emails, receiving requests on their website, and then manually processing them, uh, manually processing payments and so on. And many of those companies, they don't want to change because they say, hey, we get used to that. So there is no point to optimize anything. And when we show them the results that they might get, actually, you know, like that they might be processing more payments or they might be, you know, like fully automating their email marketing, then that's where the things uh, change and, you know, like it actually changes their mind. Another thing I would say that in a travel space compared to other spaces, because I also used to work, you know, like in other sectors as well prior to focusing on the travel, it's basically... I would say that travel companies, they have lower standards for digital products because many travel companies, they get used to the old school GDSs, I would say with their old school interfaces and booking platforms. And they think that travelers, they would be okay with that. But in fact, that's not the case because travelers, they want, you know, like only the top notch solutions. They want fast mobile apps. They want beautiful designs and everything. And it's important to understand that you as the, let's say, travel agency owner, you are not the final user of, of the mobile app that your agency has. And then you have to think of the travelers who will be using that. And another one I would say is that basically that travel companies, they rely on third-party providers and software, including white-label too much, in my opinion, because, you know, like starting from the OTAs, because, you know, like the hotels, like what they do, they post their inventory on booking.com and they say, hey, that's enough. Literally, we don't need direct booking websites like we are good with just booking.com or 
a travel agency, they would say, hey, we need a mobile concierge app. And then we would just you know, like buy something white label and we are good with that. But in fact, this limits your opportunities as the travel company to grow and to you know, thrive generally because you are very much limited by the features and processes those, those apps and providers offer, right? So it's basically, you shouldn't be relying too much on, you know, like on third-party partners and so on. So you have to build your own assets, I would say. Because even if you ever want to sell your company, Right. So this is your like the app or a mobile app or a booking platform you build. This is your property. Right. So it also increases your value as a travel agency or as a hotel chain, even a small one. Right. So this is like something I, I find quite important. And the last thing, and actually this is like a bit tricky, I would say compared to some other industries and sectors that travel industry has a kind of a hidden monopolization of certain aspects because, for example, there are only three large global distribution systems and basically you are bound to use one of them. Then there is a reliance on, again, on inventories like from hotels, from you know, like bigger players like um, Booking.com or Expedia. So basically, you know, like, if we look at the recent news with Hopper up, right? So when Expedia generally decided to switch them off from their inventory, it's actually, it's kind of a tricky situation for them, right? They're saying that obviously their inventory is not affected or anything, but yet this is the case. And that's something I find extremely challenging in a travel space, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I have a lot of follow-ups to that. First off, like, the third party providers and software, we had a conversation via email like last week, right? Without saying yeah. who. We sent a company over to y'all that we had been talking to just because I'm a friend of one of their their director of travel, but this company that the name would be recognized by most people you mentioned it to, that they were going to rely on a white label platform for something that they you mentioned specifically they should be building. Why do you think, I know that this is not necessarily something we talked about uh, being part of the conversation today, but what would be the benefit to building custom over, over white label? So uh, there is a number of benefits. You know, like recently we published an article on our website just uh, showcasing some of the most important ones. But basically, the two most important benefits is generally you build your own processes. Like it doesn't matter even how complex or simple those processes are, but they are your own. If you want to accept Apple Pay or Google Pay, you can accept that. And you don't have to basically wait until a third-party provider will implement it in their system, right? So you can design it in, in your way, right? And sometimes I find it funny when a luxury travel agency would buy a bad-looking, I would say, a white label app, and then they would say, like, hey, we are offering the top-notch services for our travelers, and then, you know, like, this is, like, the app that you can use. But, you know, like, you're claiming to be a luxury travel company, right? So everything has to be top-notch, right, including your mobile app. And yeah. I don't think that white label, you know, like, is a good option in that sense. And the second part, of course, this is basically owner ownership of it. So if it's a white label, it's not yours. You are just renting a part of the software, you know, like just a, a couple of rows in their database. So you don't own it. Whenever you sell your travel agency or your travel company, 
then you will not be able to sell this as a part of, of your company because you are not an owner of it. Yeah, so it's enterprise value is really what it lends itself to. Absolutely. Like the, the other two, before we dive back into kind of like the planned conversation, I'd really be curious. Obviously, you're mentioning GDS, you're like Amadeus, et cetera. But um, you also talked about booking and Expedia. I know like the funny thing about the travel industry or, you know, I guess depending on what side you're on, it's not really that funny. It's more of a frustrating element is the level of reliance on third party providers. So out of curiosity, this is just more of a fun informational question for me. What are the most common third party APIs that you build into as a product development firm in travel and tourism? Well, to be honest, it depends because every project is different. We used a lot of booking.com integrations, right? And, but now if you are a small company, then it might be quite difficult to even get access to those APIs, right? So instead, I would personally recommend using Priceline. So it's still a booking.com, you know, like child company, but it's basically they are built to support, I would say, independent developers and the independent travel companies, you know, like with the inventories. And of course, if you want to use a GDS, then you can also use Amadeus self-booking IPS. You know, like it's also a really good, a good option. Again, it depends on the project. But I would yeah. say that Booking.com, Expedia, they are the most popular among the others. Got it. Now, two hot button topics. Uh, one's around AI and one's about the industry as a whole over the next five years. Starting with AI. We're about a year into ChatGPT 3.5 being available for users on the public side. And the world is excited and now a little bit less excited just because reality is set in. Tell me about how you're using AI and product design. I know clearly on your website, you've got the chatbot use case written out, but what else? Yeah, sure. So uh, typically, travel companies would use uh, ChatGPT or similar systems for uh, customer support and chatbots and everything, but it's not the only thing, right? It's not only also about like travel itineraries. There is a lot more than that because the typical use case for us would be data aggregation and structuring data based on, you know, like certain criteria. Because right now we are working with a property management company and for them, it's essential to understand how a certain property will be affordable and how it will be beneficial for, let's say, for the, for the tenant to buy. And mm -hmm. there we also use ChatGPT just to analyze certain information that they, you know, like post on their website. And basically, this is just another level of personalization, right? So it's basically analyzing the data that you give it to ChatGPT, and then you basically personalize it based on other data points that you have about the user. So there is a bunch of other use cases. On the marketing end, we're not a content marketing firm, but there are situations where we've got OTAs as clients and they have 2,000 core cities that they're targeting and we need to create FAQ answers to 2,000. We'll, we'll generate, we'll use Sheets plugin for GPT and generate, create a concatenated formula and, and create 2,000 pages of content in about 20 minutes plus $12 of, of API fees. Certainly a really cool space to be in. What broadly outside of AI do you see travel tech? Where do you see it heading over the next three or five years? Yeah, that's a good question. Because I still see that uh, companies, the travel companies are still recovering from the financial impacts of COVID. 
And now they are accumulating their funds because now it's everything is booming and everybody is happy in the travel space. And I hope that at some point, you know, like in the future, we'll see a lot of those money being invested in, in IT and maybe we'll see some really good solutions out there. But as for the general projections, I would say, the most important will be is travelers' loyalty. Because I see that right now the companies, especially, you know, like big corporates like Marriott Bonvoy program and Booking.com with their genius loyalty program, they are trying to accumulate as many people as possible in their loyalty programs. Because, you know, like the marketing costs are getting higher. And we have to basically build an audience that we'll be able to sell to without actually spending those billions of dollars in marketing. And I see that there will be a lot of solutions developed for that, right? It's like the mobile applications, loyalty programs again, and you know, like different kinds of loyalty systems in a nutshell. Obviously, AI AI is still booming, right? So it's not only about the chat GPT, but it's about like other systems, right? So it's about personalization. It's about efficiency. It's about basically helping traditional travel agents build better options and offerings to their travelers. And I also hear that there are so many travel agents who are scared of AI, but I don't think that they should be scared because that's not the case of AI taking over your jobs, but it's basically you lose your job if you'll not be using AI. This is the thing, because you have to consider AI and including ChatGPT or any other system as a tool to offer more to your travelers, right? Better experiences and services. And what I also see is that there will be more and deeper integrations with FinTech, I think, including basically different buy now, pay later programs or you know, like different uh, kind of installment-based payments or whatever. So this is, I think, also will be quite emerging in the next years. And of yeah, course, everybody, everything about the market. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, everybody is, it might have been Alaska Airlines or United, I don't remember, bringing in Hopper's canceled for any reason, FinTech product, yeah. uh, a lot of InsureTech. Although I know that Hopper's doesn't technically fall under InsureTech because it technically, to my knowledge, is not actual insurance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. To my knowledge. But so let's say, let's pretend I, Brennan, am starting a travel tech company. I don't know. Maybe it's an online travel agency because nobody's ever thought of that before. (laughs) Um, What would you tell me based on what you know about product design on how I should make a mark, how I should approach it? Yeah, of course. So first of all, as for any other company, you should identify your niche and you should identify who are your target travelers generally, right? So you don't have to build yet another generalist OTA like booking.com because it will be really hard to compete and you'll need billions of dollars uh, for marketing just to, you know, like win a couple of uh, keywords in the search through them. Instead, you have to focus on a specific group of people that would basically be likely to book with your OTA. The second thing is that I think you should be thinking in a way of being a modern travel company, right? So you don't have to build an old-fashioned, let's say, travel company where everything is manual, where all the processes are generally, you know, like unoptimized, 
But instead, you should be focusing on using the latest technologies and tools smartly. Again, you don't have to use AI just because it's AI, but it has to be like, there should be a reason behind. And you should be adopting this kind of a forward thinking approach in your OTA. So speaking about OTA, of course, you need a bunch of other things like you should know where you're getting your inventory from, right? Be it a booking.com, again, or Priceline or any other providers. This is like, this is extremely important. Then you can also incorporate AI, of course, you know, like the chatbots and everything. But again, you know, like it's not the highest priority if you're just starting. But at some point, you might want to optimize some of your operations. And another important thing is that you should clearly know who are you targeting. If you are targeting, let's say, Gen Zs, or if you are targeting millennials who are becoming the buying power nowadays. So if you check out the recent Expedia research on that, it's basically clearly shows that. Then you should be thinking on of how they will be buying, let's say, those travel packages or book flights with you and everything. So be it a mobile app again or you will be promoting, let's say, certain tourists through TikTok or any other social media platform. So you should have a clear plan how you're going to market that and how you will deliver your offerings to the travelers. Got it. So yeah, that's in a nutshell. All right. I'll keep that in mind when I'm building my generalist all-hotel OTA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, yeah, believe it ahead. or not, but there are so many people who are still believing that they can build the next booking.com. And whenever I talk to them, I say, hey, guys, this is literally impossible. And, you know, like, typically we will not be working with those clients just because we see that their idea is not feasible. Because if you do not have a plan behind it, then most likely you will just fail. So everything about, has to be planned. It's about being a good steward. We're the same way. We'll have opportunities come to us where there's clearly budget, but it doesn't make sense for us to do the work because we know a year down the line, everybody's just going to be disappointed. So it's, it's all about, it's 100% a matter of one of our core values is say it like it is. And another one being deeply aligned vision. We communicate that early in the process for that reason. So we're totally aligned there. What do you use with respect to like understanding how users interact with software? Do you do any, I don't know, do you do any testing using and leveraging data to, in, to inform how you build something? Yeah, absolutely. I actually love data. You know, like I love numbers and we have so many dashboards in our agency that we use for our own marketing, we use for our own KPIs and everything, right? So whenever you build a digital product, you should clearly understand how you will calculate the KPIs that you set during, let's say, the discovery phase. For that, you can use analytics like Google Analytics. You can use Firebase Analytics. It doesn't matter. So those tools, they will work just fine for you to understand what is your up retention rate, how many users you have, where they bounce and everything, right? So this is extremely important to understand. And also we use other tools for A-B testing, right? So A-B testing is everything, especially in travel space, because every lead is important. Every traveler is important. And sometimes just by redesigning a holiday package card in your mobile app, right? A hotel card, doesn't matter. You might increase your conversions significantly. You know, like we have a bunch of cases, they are also posted on our website in the case studies where this actually worked out because A B testing is simple, but yet it's extremely effective. And if you don't do this yet, just start generally. Of course, analytics, the multi channel analytics is also very important because 
it takes a lot of touch points for travelers to book something with you, right? So if you have a direct booking platform, then they might be using your mobile app, then they will be using your web platform or anything. And actually having a tool that would allow you to analyze their their path also on mobile and web is important. But again, if you are just starting, then Google Analytics will work just fine for you. That's awesome. I'm really enjoying the conversation because it sounds like a lot of our philosophies are are very similar around. I mean, it's there. It's easy to use. Why don't you just try it? (laughs) I mean, people, you know, you obviously have to have a critical mass of users for it to be statistically significant, but testing things consistently, the companies that succeed versus the companies that don't, that's the biggest difference that I see is one's testing and one's not. And obviously, I think you you can assume which one is which, right? Absolutely. So industry-wide, what any recent innovations or trends or, or changes in the industry or tech in the industry that have caught your eye? I would say that's about fintech and travel in general, right? I'm actually following uh, Hopper's and uh, Revolut's journey on how they are mixing travel and fintech industries, right? Because that's actually quite interesting because the travel space is you know, like sometimes the travel might be quite expensive. And if you embed certain fintech products in your travel app or in your travel company, then your conversions rates much higher. For example, you know, like 68% of travelers, they spend more on travel if your travel agency would offer a buy now, pay later option. That's according to Amadeus research, right? That's mm-hmm. important because fintech is extremely important in travel space and vice versa. For example, when Revolut, they have so many users and now those users, they might even receive uh, cashback, I think, for bookings that are made through the Revolut. By the way, they partnered with Expedia and I think wider on the experiences. So, you know, like that's quite fascinating and I'm really looking forward to, you know, like where it brings the industry. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I was at Focusrite in Europe, specifically in Barcelona. I think it was back in June. There's a guy named James Lemon. He's the lead at Stripe Payments for um, travel and transportation and leisure. And we had a probably a 30 minute, 45 minute conversation over breakfast about all of the financial engineering you can successfully do in travel, where the customer experience is the exact same. But for instance, if you're issuing cards for each payment you make to an external provider, you can make a small percent on the card issuing. I mean, there's There's so many opportunities to leverage the volume that you see in travel, specifically on the marketing side, because travel is a margins game in most cases, right? It's all about volume. It's all about margins, unless you're on the ultra luxury side of things, a company like Polaris or something like that. But no, I really do think it, I would agree that the most interesting part of travel right now in terms of the business side is the financial engineering being done and all the new products being created around it. I mean, look at Navan, for instance, they've got this whole expense management side built into their travel management platform, which is, it just consolidates and makes companies happy, I think, and having expenses and travel spend all in one place, because one of the most expensive things that some companies spend on is travel. It just makes a lot of sense. So I agree. Absolutely. Um, Before we move into wrapping up, if you were to say like one key takeaway for travel and tourism, specifically you were to talk to marketers, right? Because who I believe is probably listening to this is travel and tourism marketers, given that this is the Travel Marketing Compass podcast, what would you say marketers should understand about development, about the process that you're doing and building something before you hand it to them or when they're giving you feedback as to what they need to serve their customers, how, how that relationship works? How can you enrich the relationship between 
travel marketers and travel product engineers. Yeah. So if you ask me about one takeaway, then for marketers specifically, then I would say is to build a loyal customer base because that's important. That will help your travel company be sustainable. It will help you generally be better equipped for any economical, political uncertainties and generally challenges that are facing, you know, like the market uh, nowadays. So it's generally, if your tour, if your holiday package is not meeting the sales expectations, let's say, or if you are launching a new offering, or if you are opening a new hotel, imagine just having a traveler one push notification away if you have a mobile app, right? So that's a, a powerful tool generally. So I would say that this is important and this is where the industry is going, is building loyal customer base. Which is admittedly one of the hardest things to do when you're not the brand giving the travel experience, right? Because you go there for one experience, you click the book, maybe you get a couple of emails about your, your stay, but you know, a lot of times the travel agency is not even the merchant of record. Like it's going straight to the hotel, it's going straight to the airline. And that's the hard part, right? That's the job that the marketers Absolutely. have. So. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. I've got one, one big last question for you. I know you're in Amsterdam right now. Where is your next trip that you're taking? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Perhaps Spain in a couple of weeks, but we'll see. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me today. I'm excited to get this one published and so happy to know you. Yeah, thanks, Brennan. Likewise. For more empowering ideas, visit Propelic.com. We're on a mission to create more diversity in thought for the planet and dedicated to helping brands both large and small increase their reach through intelligent travel, transportation, and tourism marketing. P-R-O-P-E-L-L-I-C dot com.